Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, Beast Wars podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. And today, we're watching a good episode about a bad spark. It's a very good episode. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. It is yeah. the 34th episode of uh, Beast Wars overall. It's uh, first broadcast, February 22nd, 1998. Uh, written by Greg Johnson, who also wrote uh, Equal Measures and Guerrilla Warfare. And has written, like, a dozen Rescue Bots episodes. Oh. Oh, sweet. And uh, directed by Steve Sachs and uh, Jonathan Goodwill, who also directed Call of the Wild. John Goodman? What? Wait. Uh, No, Jonathan Goodwill, who I think is the uh, president of Nigeria. Ah, yeah, yeah. Call Call of the Wild? Wait, isn't that a Jack London book? Uh, Yeah, you know, by Uncle Jack. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense Uh, that he was one of the directors on this. So uh, we open in what looks like a mangrove swamp, which uh, yeah. I appreciate. Yep. I declare this to now be the conveniently located mangrove swamp, much like conveniently yeah. located Arctic. Yep. Yeah. I, get I, a really, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. We actually get a really cool sweeping opening shot taking us through this uh, mangrove swamp thing with like a focus pull from the leaves that we're going through to enter it and then going into the foliage down below. Going over a snake. Yay, snake. Pretty nice. Yes, and it's time for the snake again. Yay. Yay, snake. And we get a space pod sitting in a bunch of energon crystals. Dun, dun, dun. And as as Cheetor says, it's got a big bad X on it. Yeah. (laughs) I I will note that, and and we'll go into this in in a moment, but apparently Cheetor was the only one who did not know about this. Apparently? Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm going to tell Cheetor got... about this. I guess. Yeah. I was getting the impression that Cheetor was, like, the intern on the yeah. ship. Yes. Or they told him, and he just wasn't paying attention. <laughs> That's also entirely also... possible. Well, I'm not sure if I like that idea better but, more than that. There's a person later who knows about it that makes less damn sense, but we'll get to yeah. that. But Cheetor calls it a Mondo Stasis pod. Maybe we yes. should change the, change the name of this podcast. The Mondo Stasis <laughs> Yes, well, when we do, like, a special episode, we'll call it a special Mondo episode. Yes, we have an anyway, extra... You know, this this stasis pod is marked with a big bad X, and because this was released in the 90s, we know that whatever's in this must be way cooler than what's in every other stasis pod. It must be extreme. Yes. It's just full of surge. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not surge. I just finished some surge. Hmm. Well, in fact, much like, in fact, speaking of surges, uh, Chidor is experiencing uh, some energy on surges uh, yeah. in the form of flatulence. Oh, yeah. Somebody else gets there. To, to... Yeah. Oh, what is yeah, it? So they, the he's found this. Uh, yeah, and uh, so so Primal knows the significance of this big axe. Rhinox knows what it means. Uh, Chidor does not. And yep. yeah, either they didn't tell him or he wasn't paying attention. Oh, I'll have I have to say that the the phrase that came to my mind was "Don't look in the basement." 
Yeah, yes. basically. He's he's kind of the overlord in the basement here. It's, he's it's not, yeah. not good. This, Although, I guess, since this came before that, I guess uh, overlord is the rampage in the basement. Well, uh, that's not the name we get him by. Protoform X. Oh, sorry, sorry. Protoform X, because yeah. yep. the X for extremely cool. Yeah. So, so yeah. Cheater calls back to base and... Uh, was it, is it Rhinox's? Rhinox that says Primus help us if that thing survived. Yeah, yeah. I'll mention of Primus and... ever on a Transformers TV yeah. show. Yay! And another thing that's that. like the as the the others are walking away and we get a close up on Rhinox, the background blurs. Yeah, is that actually, the first time that's happened? That, it's not the first time that's happened, but it hasn't happened a lot. That yeah. shot actually started with Rhinox blurry in the foreground and. Optimus grabbing Silverbolt and heading toward the elevator, and then shifting. Yeah, oh, that's a okay. technique called I, a focus pull. It's a focus. Well, it, yes. It, difference between film terms and CG terms are weird. Um, question: When you're doing that in CG, did they like did they like animate them separately and then just blur one of the shots, or did they like have a filter in between the two layers or something? How would you? Uh, it depends on where the technology was at the time. I don't think it was that easy to actually do accurate depth of field effects in CG at the time. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking. So they probably just do it as one layer rendered out and then another rare layer rendered out separately. Yeah. Yeah, that's and what I was blurring thinking. Okay, them was... after the fact. Yeah, because it'd be easier to just like run the background layer through Photoshop or something. Yeah. After, after Effects? Is that the thing? Uh, after Effects is kind of like Photoshop for video, so. Yeah, so. I'm not sure if it was around at the time, though. Let me check real quick. Something. Like video that. Toaster? Video Toaster. Yeah, this may have been in the era of the Amiga Video Toaster. That's that's all I really know is Video Toaster. So, so our film terms. I'm a, I'm a writer. <laughs> we're, video we're, Toaster, that's, 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 that's that screensaver with the flying toasters, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, then. Okay, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Have After Effects come out by 1995 when they bought it from uh, Aldous, who'd originally bought it from uh, Company of Science and Art. Okay, so I'm a dork, but yeah, when you're rendering stuff in CG, it doesn't normally do that kind of natural blur that you get from shooting with a film camera that's called depth of field. So in CG, you have to choose to do that manually. Otherwise, it's going to be like shooting with a pinhole camera in real life where just absolutely everything's in focus. Yeah, so, so we, we try to get film terms right, but we kind of sometimes don't, or I know I don't, because CG yeah, is I've, different. I have formal training in uh, no. film terminology. I've picked up some here and there from watching stuff and from doing some CG work myself, but everything I'm saying is coming from a CGI background and self-taught at that. So if we get stuff wrong, eh, we're trying. Sorry. We, we, we like film. We're not film buffs enough. Yeah. Uh, l- let us know right into the uh, the old Maxim mailbag. Yes. Yes, right in again. Uh, who was it that told us? It was, uh, it was uh, noted uh, reader Ant uh, from tfu.info. Okay, so anyway, the uh, the Predacons are just having to be listening in on uh, this whole conversation. Yep. And uh, Megatron, big stasis pod means a big warrior. And okay. all I could think of with David Cade talking about this is those uh, ads for natural male enhancement he used to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even put that together. That's amazing. And then that he big stasis dead. pod will give us a big boost of confidence. I was, yes. that was funny. yeah. That that would probably be why. The, like I was thinking, oh, Megatron likes him big was running through my head. <laughs> okay, was, that's why. 
It was it was not a very appropriate response on Megatron's part. Yeah. It kind of is. Well, I mean, my I thought was just, wow, Megatron, your anal- analytical skills are so deep. But <laughs> thinking of it from that standpoint, that really explains why Megatron grabbed Waspinator and Black Arachnia by the back of the head and pulled them in toward his crotch, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just uh-huh. grabs him and, well, he grabs Waspinator by the head and Black Arachnia by her middle of her back, pulls them in and says, it's time for a recruitment drive. <laughs> He's so great in this episode. Yeah. Yep. And he plants a tr- like a tracking bug on Black Rackney's back, too. The so least... She doesn't notice, even though it's the size of a coaster. <laughs> the least... Yeah. as big as her hand. ...tracker, which, admittedly, after a moment, it does, like, do something. It, it becomes stealth. invisible. Yeah, it stealths yeah. out, because... He, the the spiders would, spin their webs, yes, but I spin them larger. She would try to bend over backwards and be like, hey, what's that thing back there? It's it's the least subtle thing. Yeah. I figured it was mostly flexible, like a big old I voted for Megatron sticker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can imagine him giving those buttons out. Waspinator has a drawer full. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, it would... I want Beast Wars Megatron to be co-captain of the Lost Light now and to like be offering competing <laughs> gold tokens. Yes. Golden yes. discs. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, that would be the best. I want, I want a Beast Wars comic now because it would actually be good. Yeah, if they we just get yeah. like a comic set on uh, Eucharist, I would be totally cool with that. Yeah, <laughs> or, or an anthology going through the various planets they've discovered now. Be- I'd also be okay with them like trying to do what they wanted to do with uh, Regeneration One, but utterly failed at, and actually just do okay. Here mm-hmm. is like a series of one shots that happened during season one and two. Oh, that would be awesome. And they get like uh, they could probably get Bob and Larry for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They um, one of them did a Botcon comic, didn't they? I think so. Oh, uh, Primeval Dawn or Primal yes. Dawn, something like that. That Wait, no, kind I... of never finished. Wait, who wrote the animated Botcon comic? Oh, what's uh, that was wasn't that, that, uh, wasn't that uh, Siphon Trent? Uh, it was. I thought it was. If it wasn't them, it was Marty Eisenberg. Yeah, I thought it was. Oh, I guess it was Eisenberg. Okay. And Marty oh. Eisenberg did not work on Beast Wars, but he did work on Beast Machines. Oh, that's what confused me. Okay, never mind. I'll have to cut One that of part out. Beast shows. Yes. Anywho. Anywho, the, the, okay, well, the Stuntic, I just checked. The Stunticon Job comic was written by Marty Eisenberg, Derek J. Wyatt, and Matt Youngberg. And we were confusing that comic with the uh, pre convention promotional comic, which was done by Trent and Scythe. Okay. Okay. Or, I'm sorry, for those of you who haven't been on Ouija for over a decade, <laughs> Trent Troop, who works with me on BMOG, and uh, Greg Sepalak who also do Isle of Rangoon, which is neat. You should watch it. Yes. It's on YouTube. We have fun with puppets. Lots of fun with puppets. Yep. And speaking of puppets, uh, here's uh, Tarantulas' crazy uh, spider bug yeah, uh, listening device. One. Yeah. This is another one that looks like a from, uh, Tangled Web. Yeah, is People yeah. need to stop listening to Black Arachnia. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for her. So does Megatron know that thing is there or not? I don't know if he does. I because Tarantulas being involved doesn't really play into his plans at all this time. No. Oh, it kind of helps his plans, but it doesn't help his plans in a way that seems like he foresaw it. No. No. 
And I think it's supposed to be ironic saying, you know, uh, spiders spin their web, but I spin yeah. them larger, and actually Tarantulas is listening into me. <laughs> yeah, especially that, in that a couple my... episodes, we know that Tarantulas yeah. is going to get one over on Megatron. Yes. Yeah. That's my interpretation at first, but then how it goes for Tarantulas makes me think maybe not. Yeah, but it's kind of unforeseen. It's just, I think at this point, Megatron probably has to figure that Tarantulas might be listening in, so whatever. Just do it anyway. Yeah. yeah. And then we cut to Tarantulas, who's listening in, and he calls Black Arachnia a treacherous female. It's like, he's gone full Ferengi. Yeah. That's... <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm surprised he isn't talking about the uh, animals he captures in his webs as his prophets. <laughs> <laughs> Almost does. And, uh, and spoilers for next week, uh, at no point does he use humans. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. It's a missed opportunity, man. Yep. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so Tarantulas is going out to see what uh, what what the haps is, and uh, yeah, so Optimus and Silverbolt meet Cheetor at, the, at this pod, and they find uh, there are a bunch of big uh, bug legs or something sticking out of this pod, but it looks super dead. Yeah. Yeah. It it does not look like it took the landing very well. Nope. Although and it looks Primal like it seems... took it well enough to have a beast mode. Yeah. Because yes, he's got, like, bug legs, or, so, spoilers, crab legs. Transmetal oh. crab legs. Mm, yes. Crab legs. Delicious crab legs. Om nom nom. Oh. You crack those open and make some delicious seafood Louis. Which yes. actually brings up a quite Okay, so the pod would have had to have crashed before the transwarp wave, but how long ago did the pod crash? Because it's just kind of been sitting there. Well, presumably it crashed when all the others crashed. Yes. Remember the uh, the alien device made all of the pods crash. Yeah, yeah, but well, planning ahead, they didn't know they were going to do this episode last season. But all the pods we saw were all the same size. This one is bigger. Oh, this one was just on the other side of the planet when we saw, when we looked. <laughs> yeah, the mangrove yeah. <laughs> side of the planet. This <laughs> on the convenient mangrove side of the planet. I mean, there I think there are mangrove swamps like all over the place. So I think there could yeah, be one. Reasonably close enough to Africa. In fact, I think there are a bunch in Africa. Yeah, they're, they're more likely over there. Are, are there any? How about that close to the Arctic? Uh, no. The <laughs> convenient Arctic. Definitely not. I'm just, I'm just always going to be super hung up on the conveniently located Arctic. Maybe this took place at like the end of an ice age, and it, there were glaciers were still low, so the ice was closer. I guess. Maybe. But then there are also, like, jungles and mangrove swamps. Yeah, well, part of the planet more... I'm blaming the aliens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's fair. Like, if they had, you know, floating islands, they can have, like, an Arctic zone and a jungle zone. Uh, Maybe they're in, like, a... Uh, the Russia, Kazakhstan, Afghanistan area, and, like, it's the Himalayas is where the Arctic area is. I could, I could buy so that. So they're just going yeah. taller? Maybe yeah. instead of going further north. Yeah. I suppose. Anywho, so yeah, Cheetor is all, you know, okay, Primal, you're kind of happy about this. WTF. Yep. And likewise, Silverbolt doesn't know because he's, you know, he just got here. <laughs> relatively. <laughs> so it, this stasis pod is the dark secret of the Axelon's journey. <gasps> so uh, the Predacon, the Maximals, were up to some uh, some pretty shady business. Yeah, uh, they seriously. were trying to replicate uh, Starscream's indestructible mutant spark. 
Yep. It's messed up, man. And it worked, apparently. Yes. Except except the subject was, it was brilliant, but also hopelessly treacherous and completely insane. And Primal says, incapable of being recycled. Yes. Which is a weird thing. Yeah, that's... That's, that's... Yeah... Like, they stuck this guy in the smelter, and he came out. There's some super questionable morality here that I feel it's not being addressed sufficiently. Yeah, Yeah, this and the flashback scene that comes up next immediately takes, like, the entire Axelon crew, except for Cheetor, from the good guys to morally gray, without really any consideration about what that means for the broadcast. Yeah, it's really weird, because, well, we cut right to the flashback where... There's two figures that we see, but mostly we just see Primal was there when this thing was made, and it was insane, as it turns out. And apparently, he was a scientist working on this thing. It's, and it's, I don't know if is the, I don't know if this is its creation or just you know okay, Optimus Primal, we're giving you your own ship. Bad news, you got to ship this thing somewhere. Yeah, but that's but, what I think it was. Yeah, it's but like, the thing is, like you'd think somebody would have stuffed it in the pod before that. We see his face when the, the protoform X is wrestling with two people holding cables there, tying them together. It's, it's like, like you know when you have to get rid of your old fridge, you you don't want to you don't want to haul that thing upstairs yourself. So you call in the guys who are taking it away anyway, and they're getting it out of your house. Maybe, but I, but I, I, I said they had thing. him just like sealed in a room until they figured out what they were going to do with him, yeah. and this was the idea, and they were trying to wrestle him into the stasis pod now that they had an idea. Yeah, I mean, this is yeah, different, because in this there. case, your fridge is also trying to eat you. Yeah. <laughs> your fridge is super angry and trying to kill you. Oh, so like that one episode of Cowboy Bebop. Yes. Oh, yeah, living in the fridge. Uh, <laughs> that's the best, one of the best episodes of anything animated. Go watch that. Yeah. The flashback scene is so cool. And yeah, because it's moody. Weird and ambiguous, but... The lighting is awesome, and it's so striking. Yes. It's one of the most visually interesting things I think they've done on the show so far. Yeah, it is really neat. Almost yeah. totally black and white, hard shadows everywhere, yeah. hard light. The accents like, of color. Yeah, it's like something out of Sin City. Yes. <laughs> yeah, kind of. And, and it raises the question, why are the Maximals doing this? Yeah, seriously. Because they've been at peace with the Predacons for centuries. Yeah, that's that's kind of the yeah. problem. Unless they made this thing like a century ago when there still was active war. Otherwise, th- this is like a war crime. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, we, did they say they did it to a Predacon, or did they just say they were trying to do it to a Spark? Is no, that, they were doing it to might a, I think a they, war they crime. It, it might be a crime him. against humanity. Robotity. Yeah, yeah Cyber- they, they crime against him. Cybertronianism. Yeah he's, yeah, he's like a Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, yeah. He's Except we are really the rest of the episode too. We're yes. not really questioning who the monster is here. We're just gonna say the monster is Protoformex. Definitely, yes. but but even his though of him is very very dubious. Yeah, I I feel like this episode definitely brings up some very questionable morality that it doesn't then own properly. Yeah, it's something I, mean, I would love to see explored better. Yeah, I mean, that, that, I can see why they don't cover it because, you know, Primal and the other Maximals who are here didn't create this, and they have no contact with the guys who did. Yeah. And if this were a thing where, like, you know, like, animated, where you have, you know, access to, like, the Autobot Council or whatever, you could, you know, have a scene where they're all, you know, what, what, what's the deal, guys? What gives? Who thought this was a good idea? 
Yeah. Or, or it could have been an unapproved experiment. Primal even explicitly calls it a mistake. Yeah. yeah. Almost makes me think that like he and Rhinox were involved. But yeah, that's that's what makes me think he had something to do with its creation. I mean, maybe Rhinox? Because Rhinox seems to be, like, uh. he's the one who is super worried about this thing. And I guess, you know, just by virtue of him being a scientist, he might well, yeah. know more Oops. about it than the others. He also, yeah. spoilers, has kind of an evil streak. Yes. Yeah. Also, I'm there's one implication of this that I'm actually really fascinated by, other than the just morally gray, the Maximals aren't necessarily the good guys all the time part of this. Mm. And that's trying to make a spark as immortal as Star Screams resulted in a spark as treacherous and crazy as Star Scream. So, <laughs> I like yeah. the idea of that being a cause and effect thing. Like, yeah, he's just so treacherous, he's going to screw around with death. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, more craziness. I mean, Starscream is crazy, but he never tried to eat people. No, That's true. No, he, he was all out for pa- gaining power. Protoform X is weird nut job. Mostly about <laughs> eating people. Yeah. yeah. Cannibalism. Protoform X is about cannibalism. It's like if you made a Frankenstein's monster out of Hannibal Lecter parts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is one Abby normal brain. And and I will note here that Primal continually refers to Protoform X as an it. Yeah, which like, is a little... it's not a person that we're dumping, it's just this thing that we made. Yeah, Maybe. Which, yeah, it's like he worked on it, and he can't think of it as another Transformer. It's an it. Because to do so would break him. Would break all yeah. of his sense of himself as a decent being. Yeah, that I had anything to do with this. It's messed up, man. Yeah. It's yeah. messed up stuff messed up stuff. Although that does add an extra layer to his phrase, sometimes crazy works. <laughs> oh yeah, it does. Crazy writ large. Yep. Also, it was uh, nice to see the uh, season one Optimus model again. Yes, that was nice. Yeah. With his face. Yeah, with his, his, face, his face that doesn't have pointy teeth. I just noticed this episode. Primal's robot face has pointy teeth. Yeah, like, uh, like the toy. Ugh, it, yeah. It's... Does not look good on a heroic main character. Yeah, eh, I, mean, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I never really noticed it. I mean, yeah, I noticed it because they, they're that way on the toy. But uh, yeah, they're, they're kind of like jack o' lantern teeth. He's a gentle mountain gorilla. <laughs> he's a gentle mountain gorilla with sharp teeth. Yeah, gorillas have big teeth. They have big teeth, but not their big sharp teeth. Well, maybe even so. Yeah, they're, they're pretty sharp. They they totally bit uh, Ernie Hudson in uh, Congo. Those yeah. were white apes. They are a myth. No, no, this oh. is uh, this is like the talking gorilla in that. Uh, There's like oh. a bit where they're jumping out of a plane, oh, and I think, him? yeah, oh. and he's all, oh, that, that ape was biting me a bunch of times on the way down. It, this is a good episode. We don't need to break off into movie talk time. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so. <laughs> but Congo. We, we've got our exposition out of the way. Now it's time for Black Rack and Wasmeter to show up, and they're taking this. Uh, no, now this it's time for Cheetor to fart. Oh, we're yes, Cheetor's fart. <laughs> First, it's time for Cheetor. We want to fart. <sighs> to fart. Cheetor farts, yeah. and then Black Rack and Wasmeter attack, and Cheetor is like, "It wasn't me this time." Yeah, uh, apparently the, the explosion energy- was not him the second time. The Energon build up in him because he's been around the exposed Energon cubes for a while. Has created farts inside him? Well, I... And apparently it's stinky because Silverbolt is like, ew, and like, you know, waves I, away yeah. from 
I guess energon buildup has been proven in previous episodes to equal massive farts. So it's true. It doesn't really stand out, but it's just weird. And Black Arachne and, and Wasp and Air show up, and the first thing Black Arachne does is shoot Silverbolt. Huh. We always hurt the ones we love. That's yeah. true. Yeah, she she starts trying to fight him. Waspmater is obviously out of the fight pretty quickly because he's Waspmater. Poor guy. Oh, and she refers to herself as a dark damsel while she's that's, punching. So that's, yes. that's a little embarrassing. Aw, yeah. black arachnia, you dork. This yeah, he just looks so dinky here. Yeah. Total nerd. And yeah, he he will not fight her, even though you know she is clearly uh, about to beat him. Yeah. They have this beat of a meat cute, and then she just beats him repeatedly. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a beat cute. <laughs> <laughs> but then Tarantula shows up and ruins everything. Yeah. Because he's Tarantulas. Bad touch Tarantulas. Ah. The first thing he does is grab Brachyrachnia. It's, it, it's, a, it's a bad yeah. touch in Bad Spark. It, yeah, it's not good. It's... Although in this case, he is just using her as a human, well, a Living shield. Yeah. And uh, trying to interrogate her at the same time. He's a yes. jerk. Yeah. He's yes. just a jerk. In my notes, it just says, Terry, leave BA alone. <laughs> well, I, I been, this is not the time, Tarantulas. Terry? I, I've been calling him Tara in my notes. Because <laughs> it's shorter, just T-A-R-A. That works. Yeah. I've, I'm amused by Black Rackney's first response when being interrogated is just answering, Megatron sucks. Yes. She calls it Megatron. Slag and Megatron is so insulted by it. <laughs> yeah. Like you makes a, a brief, note to Yeah, you get a brief shot back to him <laughs> listening on this and he's like she'll pay for that. Yeah, like, just for she's, she's for trash a comment. It's for that little comment she'll pay. Really? Really? She got on Megatron's slag list. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess he doesn't like be called slag. That's a thing. It's an old Transformers thing, because it used to be a character who's now called Snarl, because British slang reason. Uh, no, I believe he's now called, yeah. uh, what is he Snarl. called? Slug. He's... Slug, Sometimes... that's it. No, wait. Sometimes Snarl, but I think they're going with Slug now, because they also are making Snarls. I thought Slug was Sludge's new name. No, that's Slog. Oh. <laughs> but what's Slog's new name? Slog. Slog's not getting a new toy. As much as I hope for... But we got Combiner Wars. We should get a new slog. Yeah. If they make Terracons, maybe they'll make new Pretender Monsters. Yeah, that'd be yeah. nice. Uh-huh. Slog is one of my favorites, too. He he rips people apart and turns it into art. <laughs> Anywho, back, back to the episode. More chivalry from Silverbolt. Yeah. yeah. And uh, in doing so, he ignites this energon, and it creates what I have listed in my notes as an energon tornado question mark. I have yeah, energon tornado like, exclamation. How yeah. does this create a tornado? I don't. <laughs> may, well, maybe Silverbolt shouldn't throw people at abominations of nature. Just raises <laughs> yeah. more questions. We haven't seen much of what the uh, crystallized, non-raw forms of energon do. Post transmetal wave, maybe yeah, that's what do. Apparently, it makes tornadoes. Yep. Tornadoes that persist for quite a long time. That's there for like yeah. half the episode. Oh yeah. Also, can I note? I love Silverbolt referring to the Predacon Guide to Villainy. Yes. yes. 
Uh, I wonder. I like to think that they're actually. This is an actual physical book. Yes. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's like the Predacon version of the Covenant of Primus. Yes. Well, no, I, I imagine it's lighter. Like, I figured it's more like the Predacon version of like the Anarchist's Cookbook. Or the uh, Ferengi Rules of Acquisition. <laughs> I'm imagining it as like a Four Dummies book. Ah. <laughs> well, I mean, most yeah. of the Predacons would need that. Yeah. yeah. Assuming that they can, you know, read. Yeah. Poor guys. Yep. Also, we get Tarantulas doing these amazing panicked screams as he tries to hold on to a tree as he's getting sucked <laughs> away by the energy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like almost everybody gets chucked away. He deserves it. By the tornado. He absolutely deserves it. Oh, yeah, he deserves yep. everything he gets. Unless it's a good thing, then he doesn't deserve it. No. So this... Uh, Black Reckon and Silverbolt get uh, chucked out of this tornado fairly close to each other. They are tore up. and Yeah, they're covered a lot of scarring. Like, half of Black Arachne is scraped up so you can see silver underneath. Or yeah, which is interesting. Yeah. Also interesting is how she refers to it when Silverbolt asks if, he's, if oh. she's hurt. She says, oh, that is such a good enough line. enough to make me interesting. I know. Yeah. And he doesn't ask if she's hurt. He asks if she's damaged. Damaged. Which makes yes. that an even more interesting double meaning line. It's yes. interesting. It's also creepy. It, it's, it's. I love it. It's I know. It's it's well. It's the beginning of their relationship. Spoilers. Yeah. It's just such a weird start. That are you damaged? And she takes that and makes it innuendo. And well, that's yeah. That's their relationship. Yeah. But it 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 is interesting. It's just a little weird. Yeah. 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 That's that's a good summary of them <laughs> as a couple. It's interesting. It's just a little weird. Yeah. And she's mostly playing him at this point. Yes. Yeah. Like she knows exactly what she's trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he knows that, or she knows, she knows that he won't hurt her, and that he she could probably manipulate him to do her bidding because he is a doofus. Yes. And, and even worse, he is a smitten doofus. Yeah, but it, it's just yeah. weird that she's being honest to him through a joke innuendo, in a way. And she, we know at this point that she kind of likes him. Yeah. yeah. And he is, you know, a tool to be manipulated, but he's her favorite <laughs> tool. Yes. She was hoping he'd fly her out. Unfortunately, his wings are broken. Yeah. Yes. Oh, poor guy. Anyway, they... And yeah, I'm just going to note that this is... And this is a pretty common plot where, you know, you have a good guy and a bad guy, and they're isolated, and they have to work together to survive. Oh, yeah. I don't think that has been done before with uh, Transformers, and possibly not since. Um, I know it was done a couple times in G.I. Joe, was it? Yeah, it it had to have been in G.I. Joe. One at some point. I don't think it did. Really? I can't. Uh, oh, I'm I, trying. The closest I can think of off the top of my head is the time when, was it, Hoist was working with the Constructicons, but that wasn't isolated, got to help right, each other the, survive. The, pre- the Constructicons were always planning to screw him over. Yes. A bunch of jerks. Yeah, I... Uh, yeah, I mm. huh. There's kind of a bit in that uh, one episode of Prime, uh, Rock Bottom, where they're in like oh, a yeah. mine, and yeah. I think Jack is in there, and I think Megatron and Starscream, mm. and they kind of work together a little. I, there's oh, definitely yeah. a scene I remember where... like. Megatron is buried under all this rock, and you can just sort of see his eye in this little hole. And he yes. Just to talk oh, to Jack yeah. And oh, that was a good episode. Yeah, it's great because Frank Welker is actually really good on uh, Transformers Prime. Yeah, he is. He's so matured good. into the Megatron voice. But, yeah. yeah, I... Oh, I don't... I guess it didn't really happen in G1 or or for a while after this episode. Did, oh, yeah, no. I don't think... 
it might have happened in animated at one point. Yeah, I think although it may have I'm not been. sure it counts because that was animated Black Rack. Well, I guess it's kind yeah. of exactly the same thing with yes, animated it is Black exactly. Rack. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and there's a quick shot of Primal where I notice his pointy teeth, and then we cut to ooh <laughs> snakes puns dismantle them. Oh, no, no, no. Before this, we've got uh, Tarantulas. He's landed right next to the pod. Oh, yes. oh, yeah. And it's poor, so, poor guy. Cracks Crash open. lands next to the pod. He makes an even better noise than he made when he was trying to not get sucked into the tornado. Yes. <laughs> he cracks this pod open. It's empty. Bump, bump, and then there's bump. something behind him. Yes. Yeah, we, we, oh, do you just this, barely see something fuzzy in the fog behind him? You. It's a very good shot. They have a shadow cast over him, which is something they must have done manually because they have not been doing... Yeah. Any kind of uh, cast shadows in this show so far. Like, every once in a while we'll see something like this, and this looks like it was done after the fact. But that, and then cutting to the reverse shot, and (laughs) just the silhouette in the fog, and then cutting to Tarantulas screaming in what's (laughs) the third great Tarantulas noise of the episode. Alec (laughs) Willows, you deserve a bonus for this. Yes. Good job of making Protoform X seem terrifying. Yes. I mean, there, there, there's a lot of horror movie in this episode, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, oh, there, yeah. there's also kind of a lot of Predator in this episode. It's a bit of Predator. Yeah. Yep. But but it's also very slasher movie. Yeah, I mean, at this point, uh, Protoform X is basically Jason Voorhees. Yeah. Yes. He's immortal. He is surprisingly sneaky for a guy who is ludicrously gigantic. <laughs> And he just likes hanging body parts in amusing ways. Yep. Yes. All of that entirely accurate. Speaking of that, yeah, we're uh, we're back with uh, Black Rachnia and uh, Silverbolt. They're walking around. There are a bunch of snakes. Lots of snakes. Different colors. Watch out for snakes. Mm-hmm. So many snakes in this. Uh, and, and then there's a pun about, well, Tarantula's dismembered limb. I yeah, guess. it looks like we've got Tarantula's, you know, he's in the tree, but it's... Just his arm, and uh, Silverbed says, don't worry, he's been disarmed. Oh. Wah, wah, oh, God. Wah. And they then they both... The point of their relationship where Silverbolt makes dad jokes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and remember, the Predacons are still listening in on this. Inferno does not approve of oh, uh, no. Silverbolt's dad jokes. Oh, yeah, he, he just says, they laugh together. Yes. As incredulously as he possibly can. But uh, yeah. Megatron's all, no, 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 she, she's got this. She's good. She'd better got this. She's just yeah. playing him, probably. She'd better just playing him. Yeah. yeah and, it, and you know, he figures that, you know, now that Tarantulas is not around, that, you know, first sign of uh, trouble, Silverbolt's getting it. And yeah. wouldn't it just so happen that it's bad news for Silverbolt, because this is Beast Wars, and here's a bridge. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah, there's a log bridge. bridge. Actually, it's been a while since we've had a log bridge, isn't it? Or any bridge, really. It's been a while, yeah. So they've yeah. got to get it out of their system. Yeah. Yeah, they've they've been building it up for a while. Yeah. Just like those fart jokes. They've they've yeah. been yeah, actually kind of is a build up because we know bad things always happen at bridges. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and we get some like loving depth of field shots here for the bridge. Yeah. Like, there's there's more blurs and there's a lot of fog. The background's like all faded purple. It's yeah, really it's, atmospheric uh, and great. It, the direct thing is so much love Silent Hill here. Yeah. yeah. It, the directing and, and the animation in this episode is better than usual, and it's usually really good. It's like, did they spend more time on this episode or something? I mean, maybe Hasbro gave them more money because they're selling a new toy in it? Maybe. 
hey, they they are. And boy, are they selling a new toy in this one. Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> or maybe so, is. I think one of you said during the pre-show, hmm? this feels like one of their two-parters as far as scope goes. Yeah, because... So maybe they actually realize, yeah, maybe we don't have quite enough for two episodes, so let's just make it one. Yeah, because yeah. I have like three pages of notes on this episode. So much happens. Yes. So many little incidents and, and dialogue. Yep. And it's, and it's a really neat twist on the character introduction episode. It's yeah. Oh. Anyway, so yeah, Silverbolt goes across this log bridge first, and Black Rachnia pulls a gun on him. And to Silverbolt's credit, he's you know he's not surprised. He's just disappointed. Yeah, he's yeah. still a little stupid, but he's not completely stupid. Poor guy. I'm not mad, but you know, do what you got to do. Yep. Although Silverbolt does pull the behind you thing. Yes. Or at least that's what Black Rachnia thinks. Before she is attacked by... It's Tagatron. Wait. It's <laughs> no. the action wildcat with real roaring action playset feature. <laughs> you push the yeah. button and the wildcat slides out on the track. Yeah. Now, these these Suddenly. are so generic cat noises. Yeah. It is the <laughs> cat noise that you are imagining. He sounds like the flop house house cat. <laughs> But it's, yep. it's actually a rather nice-looking saber-toothed cat model, though. It's a I rather it's... nice-looking model that they have not rigged. No. <laughs> it doesn't it's not like... animate at all. I take back my compliment from earlier. This is a statically positioned cat. It is just standing in one pose on all fours. They move the jaw slightly and use some admittedly rather creative camera angles to help with this. Yeah, there's a nice shot from inside its mouth, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's a really interesting way to handle that. And Silverbolt does manage to fight the cat off successfully, although he ends up in a precarious position, showing the cat falling off the cliff behind him, and the cat is still in the same static pose as it tumbles <laughs> to its death. Oh, wow. Yeah, he probably fought it off because it couldn't move its limbs. I actually imagined it moving its limbs as it was falling, that... I was tricked. But yeah, yeah. Silverbolt commits, well, Sabretooth cat murder. <laughs> Good job. Because it's a really big cliff. It's like hundreds of feet long. Oh, yeah, that, a hundred that cat is... Cliff in a mangrove land on its feet. swamp? Are mangrove swamps usually up on cliffs? Uh, no, because no, they're on, like, coastlines. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe it used to be on a coastline and then the surge hit, but there's still plants. So the, the geography. Listen, as, as that guy on the History Channel says, aliens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not saying it was aliens, but, it was... but it's aliens. <laughs> oh, God, and that guy's hair is clearly just an analogy to a Cybertronian head crest. He's a hollow matter avatar. That's why he knows so much. <laughs> oh. Oh, I was thinking it was it was like a Doctor Who crest thingy they wear on their fancy outfits on their home planet. He the may be a Centauri from Babylon Five. Yeah, he. Well, that's the traditional theory. He is a Centauri because it's that hair. He's it's, got the hair. Yeah. Oh, alien. So Silverbolt does. You know, he, he murders this cat, but he's left dangling from a vine. But uh, then Black Rachnia saves him. Yeah, she did before the vine gives way. Yes. Well, no, she waits until it snaps, and it's like. Ah, uh, yeah, I'll shoot my web down and catch him. Yeah. I guess. You know, in case there were more creatures. <laughs> and Megatron is listening, and he does not ship it. He, no. He's so oh, well, done. No, that's actually right after 
they do a repeat and reverse of the damaged line. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, which uh, with it ends with Silverbolt's toot. Yes. Musical cue. Then we cut to Quicksilver, Inferno, and Megatron listening to them as if they're watching a telenovela. And they (laughs) are just... They do not like the sappy flirting. (laughs) No. They're not fans. Megatron actually robots fighting? Why are the robots having romance? (laughs) That's not what the show is supposed to be about. Megatron actually says, yuck. Yes, it's pretty great. (laughs) What the hell? Listen, I'm watching this for 3D robot action. <laughs> yeah, oh, is that when we go back? Yeah, we're watching for 3D robot on robot a- Oh, God, no, that, not that kind. Never no. Mind. That's a different thing. Uh, speaking of robot action, is this when we go cut back to Dinobot at the maximal base? Yes, it is. Uh, yes, yes, it is. He is, uh, you know. He's saying, you know, forget Silverbolt. They've lost two guys. We've lost one guy. We gotta go and fight him because yeah. I'm Dinobot. Because Cheetor and Primal had to go back to base to get in the CR chambers to heal up because yes. they were ruined by the Energon tornado. And as they're what leaving, the Dinobot's all grumpy. And you actually see Dinobot transforming in a reflection on glass. Yeah, that was neat. That's neat. Yeah, that was cool. Have, have we had reflections really before? Uh, only when they're like dramatic, like when. Uh, Dinobot saw reflections in the golden disc in uh, Maximal No More. Okay, so only Dinobot gets reflections. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then oh, as the most dramatic character. <laughs> yeah, sure. As they're leaving, he transforms in the reflection and then mutters to himself, it may yet be up to me. What up to you? And yeah, then he hooks some? some sort of thing up to his belt and yeah, transfers something into the computer. A thing um, that's not explained at all. Okay, this I can tell you exactly what he's doing. He's foreshadowing the next episode. Well, yes. Well, and also he's foreshadowing a third season episode that did not get made. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that. Uh, do we want to talk about that now? No. Or? No, no. Next episode. Some point in season three. Point, well, yeah, season next three. episode. Next episode. Next episode. Yeah, yeah. I guess we can talk about it during, I think, Go With The Flow, which I think replaced it. Oh, or, or then. It'll, it'll, go oh. With The Flow or Proving Grounds. It was one of the two. I think it was after. go with the flow. It's foreshadowing something that we will eventually talk about, but not right. Well, it's foreshadowing something that we'll talk about, but didn't actually happen. No. Yeah. <laughs> so that sucks. Yeah. Oops. So yeah, uh, there we cut back to these two. They're talking. Silverbolt's trying to appeal to her inner maximal goodness, <laughs> and so she shoots at him. Yeah. <laughs> that's you know that seems reasonable. Yeah. She if you're crying she... for stuff you don't want to talk about, machine gun fire is an entirely appropriate and within scale response if you are a giant robot. She brings out the uh, the leg guns too, just uh, all yeah. the leg guns. See, if she'd been serious about trying to hurt him, she would have used the crossbow instead. Yes, yeah, she's not going to shoot him with that for a couple episodes. She'll <laughs> <laughs> oh. get to that. So she she heads off on her own, and then she finds what's the rest of Tarantulas. <laughs> In bits and pieces. He is all over the place. Poor guy. Wait, no. No. Good. Oh, good. good. Yeah, yeah. This, he, he looks like he's been taking a vacation at Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> it's pretty bad. He's in pretty bad shape. couldn't have happened to a more deserving guy. <laughs> yeah. 
And so Silverbolt says, you know, he figures that, you know, this didn't happen in an explosion. And it must have been Protoform X. And uh, also he's immortal, which I'm telling you because Megatron is listening and this will be a plot point. Yeah, wait, but how does Black Arachnia know about Protoform X? She doesn't. Silverbolt tells her about him. Yeah, Yeah. Silverbolt says it. But Uh are you sure? I thought she said something that, like, was something he didn't say that she shouldn't have known. I don't think she says anything indicating indicating what's happened. And, I mean, it's possible. I mean, they've been walking a while. He might have mentioned that's Protoform X. She also did know that there was a body in a uh, stasis pod and did not know that the Maximals thought it was dead before the explosion. Yes. Yeah, and also, it had a big X on it, so presumably, <laughs> if he says Protoform X, and there was a station okay, with an X on it, I guess that makes sense. She it, knows what. It just, seemed yeah. li- it just seemed like another incident of her like having read way too much on the Predacon ship that she shouldn't know, that Megatron doesn't know. Yeah, I mean, Megatron clearly doesn't know this. Yeah. Because yeah. this is the first time he's finding about it, and uh, he's got he's got an idea. Which, uh, no, that's the thing. If, if Silverbolt had told her on the walk, Megatron would have listened and heard it, so... How, yeah. It's odd. Yeah, indestructible spark. Also, well, yeah. I better make myself a knife made out of energon. Yes. Yeah, because that would be my first thought. That's everybody's first thought. And, and sadly, the he has the computer make this, and we don't get to see Megatron whittling an energon crystal. Well, no, but it, it proves that they do have replicators, which I think we theorized in a previous episode. Yes. But but he's got three replicators at very least. Yeah, he could just make swords anytime he wants. He doesn't have a so, shelf for them. Yeah, Black Ra- So, cut back to these two. They are freaking out. Black Rackney is going to get out of here, but there's something scuttling around in the background. Oh, it's another good shot. You, you actually can see the legs this time. It's yes. Falling. It's creepy. And then Black Rackney has this horrendous scream, which she's so good at. Oh, yes. She's yes. good at it, but it does seem a bit out of character for her to be that freaked out by it. Well, it's pretty scary. I mean, it's, it's Protoform X. Yeah. I mean, so far you've only had to deal with, you know, your compatriots, you know, like soldiers on the, and not particularly good soldiers. Whereas Protoform X is a straight up monster. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Taller than everybody, although is, is his toy that much taller? Uh, it's not that tall. In fact, I think it, no, it, and it's not that big for a, uh, the size class Magnus? Ultra, I think. Yeah, he's not that big for an Ultra, but because yeah. he's most that is a size like, class above just about everybody else on the show at this point. Yes, he's, he's a big toy, and he's mostly claw is the thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we we get to see his, him for the in full for the full time for the first time. He's a big crab. He, he's big, McLarge, huge. Yes. <laughs> dun dun dun. <laughs> oh god, that needs to be our show's running gag for him now. Just. Space mutiny names for him. <laughs> yes. Oh, you have so many names in the show. Kill Crab Cake. Killy Mick Crab Cake. Mega Mandible Mouth. Gristle Mick Crab Growl Claw Pinch. Bolt Vander Huge. It is appropriate because there are a lot of crabs in mangrove swamps. Yeah, th- what? Really? Yeah. There are? Yeah, they're like saltwater swamps, so they've got like Oh, crabs. yeah, I guess. This is a oh, totally I... appropriate place to have a guy who turns into a crab. Yeah, I just wish that there had been a guy who turned into a manatee. Or a woman. Huh? 
I like manatees. They live in mangrove swamps. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're cold. <laughs> and that's, that's, and the problem with that being a purely aquatic mode is that, uh, it's gonna be a little rough to get out of the axolon if you need to. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna be the, he or she would be the new Rhinox. He'd be sitting at base all day. Although it'd be nice to have Rhinox as somebody to talk with. I wish the toy line had gotten a manatee, but if we didn't get Cyber Shark, we weren't gonna get a manatee on the show. No. Yeah. And, and we are gonna get a guy with an aquatic mode next season, but... Transmetal, so he can also zip around. Well, crabs are aquatic. Once he gets the hang, once they get the hang of water. I mean, crabs are aquatic, but they have legs. Yeah. Manatees do not have legs. Yep. Mm. They have stumps and, and well, lots of bodies. You're not hauling yourself around on your stumps to fight Waspinator. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. so Protoform X is just walking and roaring like a Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, he's making all sorts of crazy monster noises. This is the point where I'll note that uh, he's voiced by Campbell Lane, who is, he was a mainstay on uh, Canadian TV for a long time, playing old guys, usually old bad guys. Okay. And he was yeah. in the uh, the Fox Nick Fury movie. Yeah, he was Baron Strucker. Huh. Yeah, Baron oh. Strucker. I did not realize yeah, that. He was on um, The New Adventures of He-Man. He was uh, Skeletor, which I think was his most prominent voice role. Yeah. Hmm. It's it's very much a Jack Nicholson as the Joker Skeletor. Yeah, it's a pretty good Skeletor. <laughs> yeah. Unless uh curse you he man Skeletor. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Here's how I, I have uh, this action sequence described in my notes. Black Arachnia's machine gun fire does nothing. Silverbolt's wing missiles do nothing. Rampage's missile launcher does everything. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> well yeah. it's his first episode. And this is what happens when it's your first episode. You become invincible. And, I mean, he's already immortal, so... Yeah, yeah he's going to be pretty formidable in his first episode. Yeah. Okay, now I wonder if Campbell Lane was ever on Highlander. Probably. Because they shot that in Vancouver. Blue Mancoom is on it all the time. I almost be sure. Blue Mancoom's on it? <laughs> oh, and uh, Jim Burns. He was like a regular. Yeah, Jim Burns. Yeah. So, you know, he's your go-to guy for playing scary immortals. <laughs> Yes, uh, and and he starts talking, and he says he feeds on fear. I'm not. Is that? I'm not sure if that's an actual thing he does, or if he's just trying to freak. No, uh, he's talking like Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or if he just means like psychologically, like he, you yeah. know, enjoys fear and benefits from its presence in a purely psychological way. I mean, he's already an immortal maniac. I could totally buy that he has, like, he's also an, an emotion vampire. Well, no, he, oh, he's so practically good. indestructible. It probably means he doesn't need as much energon. He just gets it anyway. So he's gotten to the point where, oh, I'll just annoy people and scare them and enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. It works, too. And it, yeah, I mean, it seems more like a tarantulas kind of, well, I don't yeah. need fear. I just like it. Well, no. Yeah. If you except tarantulas, in place of animals. If Tarantula said that, you'd know it'd be like, oh, he's just messing with us. But with Protoform X, it's like maybe he's being real. Because <laughs> I mean, actually, come to think of it, I vaguely recall there's a bit in season three where he can like sense people. Yeah. Like I think he senses uh, his nemesis coming, so I think he might actually be like an empathic vampire. <laughs> Awesome. In addition to all of the other terrifying things that he is. Yes. Awesome. Empathic vampires are the best. Yeah, he's he's got Silverbolt in his big crab claw. He's crushing him. Silverbolt is I, just screaming. Yep. 
So the Flyers spot this fight going on, and Megatron intercepts the communication and gets what might be the one-liner of... uh, It's not the one-liner of the episode because of the flirting. Yeah. Are you damaged? Just enough to make me interesting. But it would be, if not for that, when he says he holds up the knife that he had the computer make and say he's ready for a surgical strike. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I didn't didn't even write that line down. Yeah, they they all fight Protoform X. They knock him off a cliff, but then he turns into tank mode, which the toy also does. Yeah. Yep. By those oh. toy kids. When you say uh, they all, it's Optimus, Cheetor, and Black Arachnia who manage to shoot them off the to shoot yes. them off the cliff. Yep. That's a really good pairing. You could probably do a spinoff show with them and like one other guy. Yeah. <laughs> so he turns into tank mode. He's crawling right back up this t- this cliffside. Yeah, it's like an 80-degree wall, and he's just climbing straight up. Yep. Yes, and he has a good line. Your persistent... Oh, no. Yes, your what persistence is? is futile. I rise again. Okay, it, written yes. down, it just it looks weird. He's he's being first episode some more. Yes. Yep. And also, I will note that Campbell Lane does, like, tarantulas-level, non-verbal... Monster noises here. Yeah, but they're, oh, yeah. they're throwing more great at that all episode. noise than they do on Tarantulas, but yeah, he's... Ugh. Oh yeah, they're definitely putting more reverb in his voice, probably because Campbell Lane was kind of old. Oh. Yeah. And is in fact uh, no longer with us, unfortunately. Oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah. I mean, that means he was, he was like 80. So. Oh. oh. He was super he had, old. He had a good long life and career. Yes. Oh, he and only he's, died he's really good as Rampage. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah, he died not that long ago. Just like uh, last year. January 30th, 2014. Okay. Also, he was not in Highlander, unfortunately. Ah, oh, dang. What? Hmm. He was, however, in Cool Runnings. Oh. oh. Right, he was <laughs> oh. in Cool Runnings. Oh. He's also Dr. X and Action Man. Oh, right, that did oh, have a show. The CG version? The uh, 1999 version. I think that was or CG. 2000 version. I think that was the one that was CG that had the weird framing device live action. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think, saw so. I, think uh, I think Bob Skur was uh, involved in that somehow. Hmm. I think him and Marty Eisenberg. Oh. So anyway, Silverbolt steps up and he chucks one of his missiles at Protoform X. It gets jammed in the tank treads and he finally falls off the damn cliff. Yeah, he yeah, falls off a cliff and then off another cliff. Off another cliff. Yeah, the tank but not before he fires a missile at Black Ragni, which sends her hurtling off into the distance. Yep. Oh. Off another cliff. <laughs> so I just want to say, I just want to say here, Silverbolt just barely touching his tank treads, causing them to just disengage and completely fall apart, makes Rampage the most entirely toy accurate version of a character on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all all that had to happen next was his chrome paint to start flaking off. Yeah, <laughs> just all over the place. Yeah, he his wings are still busted, but luckily he he has a wish for wings that work. Oh, and it works. Yes. Damn it, yep. I was going to use that light. <laughs> he wishes hard that, enough. Um, what was it? Opus. Uh, Bloom County. Oh, yeah. Opus. It's that Christmas special. Yeah, it was a good Christmas. Oh yeah, Burke Breath had just restarted doing uh, Bloom County. Yeah. Yes. It's been entertaining so far. Yeah, he saves her, and the Maximals are all, you know, you can just go. It's been a long day. We're all really tired. Yep. Yeah. And uh, also, we're not going to go and get that 
horrifying crab monster or anything. He's he's not going anywhere, yeah, right? He's dead, right? That's how these horror movies end. You knock him off the cliff and he doesn't come back. He'll yeah, no, there's, there's, you know, there's not going to be a sequel. No, it'll be fine. It's all fine. Everything. Not we're not going to find, mo- find Rampage's mom's head in our fridge uh, at the start of the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> and also really unfortunately, Silverbolt refers to Black Reckoning as Milady. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, listen, uh, it's it's not his fault. Just yeah. as it's not Indiana Jones's fault that everybody else, that a bunch of weirdos started wearing his hat. Yeah. No, they didn't start wearing his hat. Most of them are wearing trilbies, and they just think it's a fedora. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> trilby's actually a nicer design hat, but it, anyway... But, yeah, there's harp strings while Silverbolt is talking, and he says, Milady, and and that's when I realized Silverbolt is a little creepier than I remember. Like, I I mean, I, he's not making any overt romantic gestures here. He's no. just being super chivalrous. Yeah. yeah. He's still if, better than half the people in this show, because half of yeah. them are Predacon monsters. But it's he's a little, not quite stalkerish, but... Try hard yeah. to be nice to the lady, because she's the only lady left. <laughs> this is exactly the kind of media representation that makes some certain types of people think the friend zone is a thing, and that if they're <laughs> yeah. just nice enough and they still get rejected, that's somehow the wrong thing happening instead of entirely valid. Yeah, he's, yes. he's overplaying the nice guy Yeah, a yeah. little bit too heavily. It, it's because I because I really liked Silverbolt when I first saw the show, and now it's like, uh, uh. I, mean, I, I still really like Silverbolt. Well, yeah, I, mean, I still think he's okay, but he's a fun character. He's he's just a little. He's a fun up. character in a vacuum, but he's representative yeah. of a problem with media in general. That yes, he's yes. a representative. He, of a problem. Entirely okay, if not for that being such a pervasive trope. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If somebody disagrees with me, feel free. I mean, and, oh, I mean, and it does it, it mitigates it a little that we see that Black Rachnia is kind of more into him than he is into her at this point, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think it helps that I mean, I've I've mentioned that I even you know have a different take on Black Rachnia as a character than when I first watched it, and I I kind of you know I I feel like she's someone who could easily shut him down. Yes. If, yeah. If, you know, if she wasn't okay with his behavior and that. Mm-hmm. Well, we saw sense. that earlier this episode. She used machine gun fire to do it. <laughs> yes. yes. But so uh, yeah, that's, as, yeah, that's as she's taken off, she we realized that uh, she didn't need Silverbolt to save her, but she kind of wanted him to. Yeah. <laughs> Aww. Like I needed him to catch me. Yeah. Her her saying that was that, such a great line. Realizing oh, yeah. she could have saved herself. Makes up for his, all his milady stuff. Yeah, and it's very well delivered by. It. Yep. It's a really good Venus Terzo uh, Scott McNeil episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, considering that her her other real romantic options thus far have been Tarantulas and Quickstrike, she probably finds this genuinely kind of refreshing. Yes. I mean, you know, he's he's a decent guy. He's not a an insane cowboy or a deranged lunatic. <laughs> yeah, uh, I could do worse. A little fetched in the head. Yeah, that's well, kind of cute, honestly. Yeah, you know, dumb enough that he'll do what I tell him to. Yeah, that's important. 
Yeah. It's just, well, I suppose on the other hand, it's like, what other choices does she have among the Maximals? Primal and Rhinox are in a relationship. Rat <laughs> kind of a jerk. Rat Trap and Dinobot are in a relationship. Yeah. They're on the edge of a relationship. They're at about the same level that Silverbolt and Black Arachne are right now. <laughs> yeah. It's a will they, won't they? Well, it's not so much will they, won't they, as when will they? <laughs> yeah. Not even a when will they. It's a, God, that's unhealthy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then Cheetor, well, we'll get to that uh, the next season. Yeah, Cheetor's yeah. a nope. Yeah. So it's a big nope. And uh, but hey, episode's not over yet. We thought it was, but uh, we've got uh, Protof- we've got Protoform X. He's he's not doing great, and is he do- doing even worse when Megatron shows up uh, with that Energon knife? No, 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 no. It's okay. Doctor Megatron is here to make it all better with a scalpel. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, yeah. I don't even think Megatron would say he's going to make it better. I think he'd say he's going to make it worse. Hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, better for better me. For worse for you. And so we get a, a neat transition going through this Energon blade. Protoform X wakes up in the Predacon base, and uh, yeah, Megatron's carved out a piece of his spark and put it in uh, in a little squeeze box. Is it piece of it or is it the whole spark? No, no, he carved a piece of it out. Because, he uh, says it's a piece of it. it. It really looks kind of like I mean, it, it seems it to be a round like it, piece of it. I assume it's it, like the middle part. Oh, he took out the nucleus. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, that makes it. Yeah, it's like ninety percent minus the bits on the sides that let it fly through space after. Oh you die. yeah, yeah, because in other episodes yeah. we do see the two little bits on the sides. Okay, I didn't notice that. But, yeah, okay. So he took out like eighty to ninety percent of the spark. Yeah, he's got it in this little squeeze box. It's got like little energon crystals that are poking that poke into it whenever Megatron gives a little squeeze. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, he's he's Megatron, and now he owns you. Don't be <laughs> because he owns you. He gets to make you, he gets to give you a name. Apparently. Because now he's Rampage. Oh, God, that's such a good line. You'll be a great Predacon so long as you remember one thing about your new life. It's mine. <laughs> Welcome to the Beast Wars. Oh, Rampage. yeah. A title drop. And there's a nice maniacal laughter. Oh, it's so good. Oh. Poor Rampage. Good Megatron. Poor Rampage. <laughs> you kind of feel, kind of feel bad for Rampage in this, which is amazing. You do? I no, not in this. Poor episode. Hannibal Lecter locked up behind glass. Yeah, he didn't poor Jason Voorhees. Nice. Well, I mean, it's like it is like in Sons of the Lambs when you know Hannibal Lecter is bad, but like Buffalo Bill is worse. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. His fear monologue was very Hannibal Lectery. Yeah. Oh yes. Well, the problem is I like Megatron, and he's this monster. Well, I mean, Megatron is delightfully evil in this. Yeah, yeah. I, I just like Megatron. Yeah. Everyone's I, kind of morally questionable in this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for poor Cheetor, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a poor innocent. Oh, what a dork! He, he just get, he just has gas. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's another dumb thing Cheetor's done. But yeah, so yeah I guess so that that is bad spark and. Man, that is a good episode. Yep, Bad yeah. Spark, good episode. There's <laughs> oh, just so much going on. It's, it's a character introduction episode, but it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, is, did Inferno get to do more in his first episode? Because he was, uh, that, like, really... We, when we got to see a lot more of Inferno, because we got him, like, in the first act, whereas we don't really yeah. see uh, Rampage until, like, the last commercial break. Except for his... 
crab legs hanging yeah, off. Yeah, crab legs, and we saw, like, his silhouette. And we get to see what he did to Tarantulas. Yes. <laughs> and he gets established as a Frankenstein's monster in a sweet black and white flashback. Yeah, this, yes. there, there's so much. Oh, it's like two episodes in one. So it, it makes up for uh, other voices, or other visits, which was kind of one episode in two. Yeah. yeah. This is yeah. so dense, It's it just moves like that, that, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Everything happens. I do kind of wish this episode had been, like, two episodes so he could have, like, killed off more Predacons. Like, just find Waspinator bits hanging from trees complaining. Well, yeah, but that's not a surprise, though. No. You just go outside, oh, yeah, a bunch of Waspinator bits hanging around. Yeah. Yeah, but it could be Waspinator bits in new ways, like he's flattened. There's tank trademarks all over him. It's like, what the hell happened here? We were fighting a crab. To borrow a spoiler from an amazing part of the comic that is on the uh, Word Heavyweight Championship segment of uh, War Rocket Ajax, lengthwise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that would have been good. Oh. oh. Uh. <laughs> yeah, if, if there was one person you had, or if there was one Predacon you had to feed to Rampage to... Set him up as a badass. Tarantulas was the right choice. Yeah, yes. he had it coming. It was and he had it coming. Make the best and... scream when he kills him. Yeah, he had it coming. He's amazing at screaming, and he hasn't been jobbed out to anyone else like Inferno or Waspinator or no. Quick Strike have. No, I mean his, his most persistent recurring foe is rocks. <laughs> yes, bolters. <laughs> yes. Poor guy. She gets bad spark. This is a. You know, and you know, season two is a great season of Transformers, and this may be my favorite episode in the whole thing. Uh, not my. It's really good, but it's not mine. There's. Still- it's right up there with the next one. Yeah. Except I'm not crying in this one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It. it th- that's kind of why it's not as good to me. This sets up a lot with the character relationships and a new creepy character, but it's. Next episode is a payoff episode. This is a setup episode. Yeah. We've got just... This episode's great. Next episode's great. Episode after that's great. Right. Yeah. Like We're yeah, we great episodes through to the end of the season. Oh. This might be the best in isolation episode of the season, possibly of the series. Uh, yeah, I guess if you... Yeah, because next episode relies on having seen the rest of the show. This episode is... Better on its own, I guess. I mean, yeah, there have been hints about their character relationship, but this is... Yeah. You don't have to see those. No. Yeah. Th- this episode, I think, works in isolation better. It, as long as you accept that, hey, robots! <laughs> well, yes. In fact, I believe this is uh, the show which uh, our web cartoonist friend uh, David Willis introduced his wife to B-Stores with. Oh, uh, for well, web cartoonist slash porn lord slash uh, baby maker. Oh, yeah, yes. he's a new father now. Yeah. Oh yeah, congratulations yeah. to him. And Breeder his man. May you not have to lock your offspring in a giant stasis pod and launch them onto a desolate planet. <laughs> yes. Uh, so but, basically, what you're saying is you hope Donald Trump doesn't win the primary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I mean, I live in Canada, so you know. So yeah. But, well, yeah, but it'd be a problem because there'd be an influx of Americans. I mean, that worked for us okay last time with uh, the Vietnam War. <laughs> oh, I guess, yeah. 
Yeah, I guess you could use more people. You might have to get a roommate, though. There's not a lot of available apartments. All right, so America, if Donald Trump wins the primaries, send somebody who can cook. (laughs) Cook what? I don't know. I can make a chili. I'll learn how to make protein, I promise. (laughs) Oh, Uh, no, I'm not eating no protein. Anyway, so that is Bad Spark. until next time, you can uh, follow us all over the social medias. We're on Twitter at, at @stasispod. We're on Facebook at facebook.com/stasispod, and we're on Tumblr at stasispod.tumblr.com. And our RSS feed is hosted by iaconunderground.net. And if you prefer, you can also get us on iTunes. And uh, while you're there, rate and review us. Have and we, uh, have we, if you'd have like we to get been? in contact with us about. Uh, about, I don't know, crabs or, uh, or questionable maximal morality or... Uh, or your favorite rest food for Seafood Louie. That's right. <laughs> the ecology of mangrove forests. That's Manatees. right. Are they close to the Arctic? Do they have crabs in them? We're pretty sure they do, but uh, I'm not a mangrovologist. <laughs> Criticism of our use of film techniques? Yes. Any of that, please write into the old Maxim mailbag at stasispodcast at gmail.com uh, if, we, if it's cool. And honestly, if we get it, period, we'll probably read it on the air. Yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah we are desperate we for mail. your attention. Yeah, we, we haven't got one in a while. We could use one. Right, our, <laughs> our, mail, our Maxim mailbag is full of spiders. No! One of them like tarantulas. Yeah. I'm not sticking my hand in there. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Tarantulas is a colorful spot. We all know his current mode is creepy. Colorful, but creepy. Oh, look into that bag. Let's see his weird beast mode mouth. Oh, there's beast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So until, so until right next in, time. Or else we're going to read something from the spam folder next time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> or time after. Time after. Yes. I'll read some terrible old fan fiction. Even have spam? Yes. Wait, your terrible old fan fiction or other terrible old fan fiction? my own. Okay. I can upload to Dinobot's old technology. Ooh, there oh. we go. Oh, so until ne- and so, please join us next week when we'll be just inconsolable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be we're, bad. We're so sad, guys. This pretty bad. Oh, break up the tissues. As <laughs> as the, the Tumblr kids say, <laughs> we can't even. All the fields, all of I them. I tried. Every like. of the feels. Oh, it's it's Code of Hero next week. You guys know what's coming. If you don't yeah. watch it, yeah. Oh, yes, please. Maybe don't plan. Maybe don't make any plans afterwards. Yeah. No. yeah. Get a nice warm blanket, some tissues. Uh, yeah. Make yourself some soup. Warm cider or something. Maybe chamomile tea. Practice self care, kids. Yeah. Practice self care. Do not. Let yourself, you know, do not cancel your own stasis lock. You need that stasis lock, guys. Oh. Yeah, it's yeah. important. Uh, Maybe don't watch this until... before after watching Jessica Jones. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's... So until that day when we're all going to be sad, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. Rat Trap wasn't even in this episode. I'm David.
You don't see them. Love fjords. Anyway, I, yeah, you should change your hand to the slur to bark fast. Dark, yeah. maybe. Alright, so uh, is everybody uh, ready to roll? Yeah, let me put my phone sure. out of the way. Everybody Wait a second. Their, uh, breaks, whatever. Right back. How can I do besides fjords? Uh, oh wait, what is the the sea of Japan? Uh, how, how about lagoons? Perhaps I like lagoons. Uh wait, what exactly? Atolls. Atolls. Yeah, maybe I can do some more atolls. Peninsulas. Pen- uh oh, I got a bunch of them. Isthmuses. <laughs> it's the same thing. I bet a tombolo. <laughs> wait. Maybe uh, maybe a nice archipelago. Ah, uh, that's a string of little islands. Yes. Yeah. Oh, just a bunch of islands in a bunch. Yeah. I, I think Tom Bolo is one of those fifties uh, uh, Marvel monsters. <laughs> I challenged Tom Bolo, master of the nth dimension. <laughs> How about a matcher? What? All I all I need in life is sad hills. The hell's a matcher? He's just so good at being sad. Is he good at being Hiddles? Yes. Yay. I would say that nobody is better at being Tom Hiddleston than Tom Hiddleston. That's true. Now I want him to be in a sitcom called Hiddles in the Middles. No, that's (laughs) terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to whine about it. And uh, he's going to be happy in that uh, third Thor movie because he rules Asgard. Oh, yeah. He's pretty good when he's happy, too. There is no way that getting what he always wanted is going to make him happy. It'll make him more sad than ever. He's going to have to be uh, Anthony Hopkins for most of the time. (laughs) Yeah, that's no good. Oh, yeah, that's that's going to be a slight problem. It's going to be lots of Anthony Hopkins. Well, not that Anthony Hopkins is bad. It's just we want more Hiddles. Need all the Hiddles. I saw Crimson Peak twice. (laughs) 